Good morning. Hope you're all doing well. Today we're learning Maseches Gittin Daf Ayin Aleph, and we're starting about eight lines from the bottom of Ayin Amadez at the two dots that says Nishtatik. We had spoken about our case of a husband who was Nishtatik. He lost his capacity to speak. And we had said, We asked him, uh, would you like us to write a get on your behalf? And he nodded and implied with his body that, yes, he would in fact like us to do that. And then we said, we're going to check him. We're going to ask him a whole host of questions. And if he answers our questions correctly, then we can assume that he um, has a healthy baseline of telling the truth, even through the remiza, through the hinting. We would, there, we would therefore trust him. But the Gemara is concerned about this test. Maybe it's not an authentic test. Why? Six, seven lines from the bottom. Maybe it's some type of condition. He always says no to, to the first set of questions, and he always says yes to the second set of questions. So it's not a riot. Inami or perhaps there's some kind of condition where he always says yes. And therefore, it's not a riot, even though we asked a bunch of baseline questions. It's not necessarily a riot because if they're yes, no questions, we would have solved this problem. When's your birthday? Is your birthday? And make up another date. Is your birthday September? And really, your birthday is in October. We could have asked different questions. Here, the Gemara is assuming you're asking yes, no questions. And the Gemara accepts the question and says, you're right. It's not, no, 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 followed by yes, yes, yes. It's alternating. It's Beserigen. One's a yes, one's a no. One's a yes, one's a no. Perhaps he has some type of disorder where he alternates between yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. So it happened to be that he answered all of the questions correctly, but really it's not a raya. So says the Gemara, Really the flow of, of the six questions we're going to ask him is the first one's answer is no, the second two are yes. And then the next two questions have the answer of no, and the last one has the answer of yes. And therefore, with this type of permutation of questions and answers, we therefore do assume that it passes muster, and we do trust him to get a divorce. And says the Gemara, Debe Rabbi Shmuel we have a different style of questions that we are going to ask him to verify that he has capacity to decide about divorce. We ask him about, about things that are Winter things uh, in the summer and summer things in the winter. Mind you, what's an example of a question like this? So the Gemara says on the very bottom line of I, in the base, the Gemara says, Rashi calls this a coat. Today, if you say to someone in the, in the dead of the summer, would you like me to get your winter coat? Or Visadini, would you like me to get your lighter blanket? And, and you know, it's the winter, it's freezing. So that doesn't work because Lechush, perhaps it could be the case. Dilma, Kore, uh, uh, perhaps he was seized by cold or he was seized by hot people have uh, different temperatures so you could be in the same house one person could be wearing a sweatshirt one person can be wearing a t-shirt so it's not a riot so therefore um, that's really insufficient Ella, when we are talking about the seasons starting from the top of Ayin Ala but we're talking about Pipire we have food that's imported from other places, but back in the day, you didn't have watermelons in the winter, and you had all watermelons in the summer. So if, you, if it's the dead of the winter, it's January, December, January, February, and you say, would you like some watermelon? And he says, yeah, something's not right. And then we don't rely on his comments that he wants to get a get a divorce. And uh, But if he says, sure, I'd love some watermelon, and it's June or July, no problem, then we do trust the person. So two different approaches as to how we can trust them. One is a specific formula of yeses and noes to yes and no questions. And the second is to ask him questions that only apply in the season. On the top of Ayin Aleph, Ramad Aleph, the Gemara picks up with an Amoraic statement from Rav Kahana, Amar Rav Kahana, Amar Rav, 
Acherish was able to speak. Really, it means he's able to communicate through writing. So then, in other words, this husband will write, please write a, a bill of divorce for my wife. That's trustworthy. What's the Chiddush? We know that already. Where do we know this from? Tanina, we know this from our Mishnah, that Nishtatek, if a husband loses his capacity to speak, and they say to him, would you like us to write a get for your wife? So on Bihirchin Barosho and he nods his head accordingly. We test him. If he answers all the questions correctly, that's considered to be sufficient. So we do trust the husband uh to nod his head. So we should certainly don't need Rav Kahana's statement where he's writing it down. That should be Pasha. Says the Gemara, ten eight lines down, number layer of Zera, Elaim Kamras. There's a difference between a cheresh and an elam, and an elam is different. An elam is someone who can't speak. A cheresh is someone who has no dots, as we will see in the ensuing Gemara. Shiny elam. An elam is different than our case of Rav Kahana. How so? The Gemara says to Tanya, If a person can speak, but they can't hear, that's when we use the word cheresh. If they can hear, but they can't speak, ze'ilam. Both of those people who are only missing one of those um, capabilities, we trust them explicitly. But our case is not that. The case of Rav Kahana of is where they're Eno Shomea and Eno Medaber. And because that's the case, says the Gemara, that's why it's a Chiddush. The din of Rav Kahana is a Chiddush, that when a person is Eno Shomea and Eno Medaber, if he is able to write down that he wants a divorce, that is considered sufficient, even though he's a full cheresh and he's lacking both capacities. The languages. How do we know that a cheresh is someone who is lacking the capacity to hear and an elam is someone who lacks the capacity to speak? This is based on the Pasuk. The Pasuk says, I am like a cheresh who can't hear, and the other one is like an elam who can't open his mouth. So that's where we see the languages from. And then the Gemara gives a second answer as to how we know about the language of elam, which is, like people say, his words were removed. Rashi here highlights that this is a notary cone. It's, a, it's like a roche table. It's the elam, aleph in the beginning of the word ishtakil, the lamet at the end of the word ishtakil, and milule mem, elam. So here too, we see that Mishtakil uh, Milule is a person who has lost his words, and that is considered an Elaine. Says the Gemara, Amar of Zera, Ikashili, if I were to have a difficulty with Rav Kahana, Hakashili, this is what the difficulty would be. Let's review Rav Kahana. Rav Kahana on the top line was of the opinion that if a person was a full Cheresh, Eno Medaber, and Eno Shamea, and he writes down that he wants to divorce his wife, it's considered to be a valid divorce. So it says the Gemara, the Tanya, we have a Brisa. The Brisa is based on a Pasuk in Vayikra, which speaks about the importance of sharing information when you are an aid. It says the Gemara, Im lo yagid, if a person had information to share and he did not do so, he has to bring a Korban Shua. But there's an exception to this rule. If I'm a regular healthy guy and I have aids to share and I don't share it and I make a Shua, so fine, that's me. I'm obligated to make a shu under those circumstances. But but says the Gemara, if a person is an elam, so then that really doesn't make sense. Just because the person's an elam, let him write it down. So this should be a kasha on Rav Zera. Am I? Why don't on Rav Kahana? Excuse me. Why don't we use Rav Kahana's rule? That if a person is a cheresh, they're allowed to write things down. Why in this brisa by shvua, by edus, and by shvua, 
Why do we not say that you can just write it down? After all, no problem. He can uh, he can just write it down. So maybe that's a kasha in Rav Kahana. Says the Gemara halfway down on Ayin Aleph from Aleph from Arlebai Edus Kamras. You're asking from our world of kitten to the world of Edus apples and oranges. Why shiny Edus? Edus is different. Because when it comes to the world of Edus, we never trust people to write things down other than their signatures. But if a person writes Edus, if I saw a person X by Edus, the Torah says no. It has to be that the person actually. Uh, said the thing and didn't write it down. So therefore, no kasha on Rav Kahana. But now the Gemara questions this answer. Uh, and the Gemara says as follows, Just like we check a person in regards to Gitin and Rashi to the right, halfway down. Just like when a person has become a mute and they're nodding their head, yes, we check them to make sure they're good by Gitin. We also trust them for business and for gifts to nod their head. And for testimony, so says the Gemara, we see over here that there is a scenario where we don't require speech by Edus. You wanted to argue, Abaye, that when it comes to Edus, it needs to be speech and it can't be writing. I can give you a bigger finish. Here we have Edus and forget about writing. It's the nodding of the head. So that's a kasha on you, Abai. How can you say that that's true, that Edus requires me pihem, the lonely peak sabam? Over here, we see that Edus can be uh, can be brought about simply by the nod of the head. So Amar of Yosef, of Yosef says, Amar of Yosef, Where is it that we're makel in this brysa, that Edus can be done with, even with Hirchen Roshon, just nodding of the head? That's in regards to an Isha, where we don't want her to get stuck as an Aguna. And Mishumi Guna Kilubarabanan, a principle we've learned about many times. And therefore, when it comes to divorce, we're taka very lenient. It's true. That type of Edus is acceptable. Says the Gemara, <clears throat> wait one second. There's a, uh, another thing that's brought up in this Brisa that isn't about Edus. And you can't say it's Mishumi Guna Kilubarabanan because Vakutani Yerushos. Even in regards to Yerusha, which has nothing to do with an Isha, a woman doesn't even get the Yerusha. So if that's true, then we see that you're wrong. You want to say, that perhaps this price is talking about Mishimikuna Kidu Barabonam. That's just Pasha, not true. It says the Gemara, no, even that case of Yerushas was a Chiddush. Amar Rabbi Abo, two thirds of the way down, Yerushas Beno HaBechor, we're talking about the Yerusha of, uh, of a son, where the father, Rashi explains, is trying to change the regular rules of um, the regular 2x for the Bechor, the Pishnayim, and he's changing it so that each child can get even amounts, meaning 1x even for the Bechor and 1x for everybody else. There too, we allow for Hirchen as Rosho that the father can simply nod his head to say that that's what he wants. But under regular cases of Yerusha, we would not rely upon that. Ay, Katani Mihas, what about Lemasaos and Lemantanos? In the beginning of the Brisa, we saw that Hirchen as Rosho, that just the nodding of the head was sufficient in regards to business and in regards to gifts. It says the Gemara, my love, doesn't this show us that in general we're allowed to use a head nod? It says the Gemara, lo, day. That's only for his own decisions as it relates to his own business, things that only affect him, but nothing more broad. Now we have another question from the Gemara Mesve, and this is going back on the original comment on the top of this page of Rav Kahana. Let's review Rav Kahana again. Rav Kahana was of the opinion that a Cheresh is able to write down uh, what he desires, and if he wants to write down that he wants to divorce his wife, that that's considered acceptable. So says the Brisa, two-thirds of the way down, Cheresh l'holchubo, uh, if there's a cheresh, 
We do not follow his hints. We do not follow his jumpings, any of his uh, lips that lip movements. The only time we ever follow the remizos, kvitos, and xaviyad is by metaltoran. Aval lo legitim. That's black on white, straight in the face against Rav Kahana. Rav Kahana said, we talk a duelion when it comes to kid. This Brysa says, It says the Gemara, you're 100% right. And Tanoihi. Really, it's a machloke Tanoihi. Rav Kahana is in the lenient camp. And this Brysa is obviously in the Machmir camp. Where is the Brysa that supports Rav Kahana to be lenient? To say that we allow for the writing of a get from a person who was nishtatek. Tanoihi says the Gemara de Tanya. When is it that we say that this is true? That's by a person who was a cheresh from when he got married. But if when the husband got married, he was a pikeh, he was healthy. And then and then he became a cheresh. No problem. Then he can then he can write down his desires and the Adam can sign the get and everything will, will be fine and good. Asks the Gemara on this assertion, of Rabban Gamliel, is it in fact true that if a person is a cheresh that we don't allow him to write it down? That's not true. Just like a person can get married through hinting, so too, so too a person can get out of a marriage. So then why would you say that a cheresh is not a person who was initially a cheresh, who is now still a cheresh? Why would you say that he's not allowed to do the divorce? So it says the Gemara, you're 100% right if it's talking about his wife. But what are we dealing with over here? We're not dealing with a regular wife. We're dealing with, says the Gemara, we're dealing with a case of Yibum. And if the wife is a Yibum wife, then the Halachos are different than the wife is a regular wife. So the Gemara says, how did this type of Yibum actually work out? What was the case? Don't worry, this is not Yuvamo's type of stuff. I mean, it is, but not really. It says the Gemara, If Ruvain was a Cheresh, and then Ruvain died and they didn't have kids, and then she married Shimon as a Cheresh. So then, No problem. The whole marriage is all on level footing. She got married to a Cheresh. She became a Yuvama to a Cheresh. And then she can get divorced uh, through Remiza. No problem. Ella, what are we talking about over here where there's a restriction, where uh, where if a person is a cheresh meikar, that it doesn't work? If the initial husband wasn't a cheresh, but was a pikeach, and now he's a cheresh, that doesn't work. That does not work. And the Gemara gives another possibility. Really, he did come, she did come into the marriage from uh, the initial husband being a cheresh. But Ugzira Perhaps there's a gzera of two cases of yibum that are very similar. One is where the initial brother was a cheresh, and one is where the initial brother wasn't a cheresh. And because those two cases are similar and they're confusable, therefore we have a rabbinic injunction against both cases that you're not allowed to do it. Yachi says the Gemara Ishto Nani. Why don't we have a rabbinic injunction because of a regular wife as it relates to an Isha Yavama, to a case of Yavimto? Says the Gemara Yavimto be Yavimto Mechlafa. People can easily confuse cases of Yibum if Ruvain was a Cheresh versus if Ruvain was a Pikeh. But the woman is a Yavama either way. In those cases, there's a lot to be confused about, I understand. But a regular Isha is not even Shaykh to the world. Maybe she has kids. Maybe there's no Shaykh to Yibum at all. But for that, the Gemara says, Isha be Avim to Asks the Gemara on our second approach here, Would we really have a case scenario? Of a cheresh atu bikeh, even within the realms of Yibum, turning to the top of Ayn Aleph and Beis Vatna, that doesn't make sense. 
This Mishnah uh, says as follows. Top of Ayin Aleph of the Beis. Shnei Achin Charoshin. Let's say you have brothers, Ruvain and Shimon, both of whom are Charoshin. And Nesu and Shtei Achayos Pichos. They married two regular healthy women. Oh, or perhaps they married Shtei Achayos Charoshos, or two sisters that were Charoshos. Oh, Shtei Achayos Achas Pichachas Lachas Charoshos. It's two men, Ruvain and Shimon, who married two sisters, and the two sisters can be any iteration of Charosh and Pichach. Similarly, two sisters, Harashos, and their Nesuos, the Shnei Achen Pikrin, or the Shnei Achen Harashin, or the Shnei Achen Echad Pikach, Vechad Cherash. In both of these scenarios, where you have Ruven and Shimon who are married to any iteration of Pikach and Cherash wives, sisters, or if you have two sisters who are married to any iteration of a husband who is considered to be um, either a cherish or a pikeach. In all of these cases, in all of these cases, they're exempt from if the two wives were not sisters, but were rather strangers to one another, in other words, if they were random women and not, not sisters, so then they can get married. And if he wants to divorce them, he can divorce them. But why is it that over here we don't say a concern of cherish atu pikeach? So this is a kasha and the second answer. Ella says the Gemara We need to then fall back on our original answer. And the case that we had said was uh, was the appropriate solution to Rib Shimon Ben Gamliel's brisa was the case of the Nafalemi Achiv Pikach, um, and that we were talking about a case where the original brother was a Pikach, where Ruben was a Pikach, and not a Cherish with a Zera of Cherish at Pikach. We've uprooted that concern. The Gemara says about a quarter of the way down, maybe a fifth of the way down, on Ayin Al-Hamid Beis, 10, 12 lines down, Amr Rabbi Yochanan, Chaluk, and Olav Chavera al-Rashbad. Not everybody agreed with Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel. Amr Rabbi Yafana no Mitanina. We know that. Mishtate is lo Yotzi, that if she became crazed, then she cannot get divorced. Nishare Shu, if he became a Cheresh, oh Nishtate, or if he became crazed, lo Yotzi, Olamis, there can be no divorce at all. But we don't know what my Olamis means. What does it mean that their divorce can never happen? Doesn't this mean that even writing things out would not be sufficient? And that's a kasha on what we've learned earlier. Amara Papa, no, that's not the implication. Rav Yochanan was only adding this line to teach us that he loved Ashmin and Rav Yochanan. Without his line, I might have made an error in understanding Rav Shimon ben Gamliel. I might have thought that Rav Shimon ben Gamliel was just qualifying what the Tanakama helped. And Umayo Lamis, what does it mean? Olamis tichazinan leidacharit, that perhaps he is sharp enough that he could actually write something down and it would work. Inami, another possibility of as to why what Olamis means is the Chidrav Yitzchak, Tamrav Yitzchak, Dovar Torah, Shotem Iskareshes. The Midio Raisa, a Shota can actually get divorced. Why? Midi Dehave Apikachas Balkorcha, because just like any woman could get divorced, it doesn't matter what her status is, a husband is able to bring about a scenario of her divorce. And therefore, it doesn't make a difference if she's a pikachas or if she's a shota, doesn't matter, he can divorce her. Why is it that it said olamis that she should not get divorced? Because it's not the right way to treat people. That if a woman is a shota or a chareshes, so we don't mistreat people, they should stay married. This brings us to a new Mishnah. Um, if we have time, we'll go to the Mishnah that's a third of the way down on Ayin Bez Madal. Amrulo, if they say to a husband who is healthy, would you like us to write a get to your wife? All he said is, you can write. Then, 
if in, at that point Amr the Sofer Vakasav, they went over to the scribe and the scribe started writing again. Ula Aden Lukasmu and the, the uh, signatures from the Aden came in at the bottom of the get. Afapishek Sabu Vikasmu, even though it was written properly and it was signed properly. Binasnuhulo and it was given to the husband after it was written. Bihazar Banasnala and then he handed it over to her. That doesn't count. Why? Because all the husband said was ksufu. And actually, Yomar the sofer, ksov ula edim chasumu. We need both. We need to tell the sofer to write. And we need to tell the edim to sign. Remember, this is talking about a bari. That's what Rashi says at the, mish- the beginning of our Mishnah. But if you have someone who is a shchiv meira, regular shchiv meira, Rashi also talks about a case of a shchiv meira chacham. If you have a case of a regular shchiv meira, that's different because we try to fulfill his dying word. But in this case, as it relates to a bari or a shchiv meira in those cases, ksuvu is not enough and the get is bottom. If the husband, all he says is ksuvu, it's insufficient. And the Gemara makes it to you. Had the husband said ksuvu utnu, she'd be fully divorced. Well, what is implied from there? That's only because he didn't say it's new. That would have then uh, implied that if he would have said ksuvu and new, that the din would have been that the get would have been valid. Money, whose sheet says this? This is Rav Meir Hidamar, Mili, Nimsra, and the Shliach. That when a person makes a verbal comment, that's enough to allow for delegation to the messenger. If I if I asked you, are you would you like to get divorced in your bari, and you say go sign it and uh, and go give it, so then I'm allowed to ask a sofer to do whatever is needed to be done because according to Rav Meir, delegation is allowed. Says the Gemara, that's not so pasha because Ema Sefa, later in our Mishnah, what do we see? It says at the end of our Mishnah that we have to tell the Sofer to write it and we have to tell the Edim to sign it. And that's not so much about Mili Mimsur and the Shliach. That's very explicit. And therefore, Asan the Rabbiosi to Amar Mili Lo Mimsur and Shliach. It seems like the Sefa is of the opinion, like Rabbiosi, against Rav Meir. Rav Meir was of the opinion that Mili or Mimsur and Shliach, that as long as I give you a command of some kind, you're then allowed to delegate to others. But the safe of the Brisa required such an explicit language. You have to tell the sofer he can write, and you have to tell the Adam that they can send. That's a non-delegation model. That's a specific command model. And therefore, we're left with a scenario where the safe of the Mishnah is like Rav Yossi, and the Resha of the Mishnah is like Rav Meir. So asks the Gemara, Resha Rav Meir besefer Rav Yossi, 12 lines from the bottom, Ayin Aleph and Mabez. Does the Gemara in? In this case, it's true. We don't like to have Mishnahites like this, but sometimes it happens where it's really authored by two people. Reisha of Meir is safer Rav Yossi. That's one possibility. The Gemara then says, Abai Omar Kula Rav Meir. Really, we're talking about uh, our Mishnah is all Rav Meir, the Reisha and the Seifa, but we're dealing with a case where there isn't Tnu, where Tnu is not said by the husband, and then all is said and good. It says the Gemara, that's really not correct. Because if what we're talking about is tnui hachi, then then our Mishnah should have said that. If the machria was the word tnui, it should have said that. Says the Gemara, you're right. Maybe he didn't say it in front of three Aden, and therefore it didn't work out. Says the Gemara, that's also not a good answer. If the three Aden is the machria, that's the deciding factor, then Elakula, then Ihachi, then, uh, so then the Gemara prevent, provides another answer and says, Ella, perhaps Kula Rabbiosi. Really, it's like Rabbiosi who says that we don't allow the delegation at all. The husband did not say Imru, and now we're just back on regular non-delegation rules. Says the Gemara, if that's true, then we should have added that as the determining factor of uh, of adding in uh, the word Imru. 
the ode. And furthermore, this also doesn't work the Rabiosi model because Mimo, the Rabiosi, Boomer uh, Imru, even Rabiosi wouldn't allow, allow this to happen. He doesn't support the idea of Imru. Where do we see this? We saw this already a couple of blot ago. It says here on the side that we saw it on Dafsamachvab. And the Gemara says, because well, tonight we have a Mishnah. Kasav Sofer Be'ed Kosher. If a sofer writes and an aid signs, it's kosher. And for Amr of Yirmiya, we're talking about a case of chasam sofer shining, where the sofer himself was one of the signatories. Amr of Chizda must need some money. It must be that this is Rabiosi, the Amr, maybe Lomi, and Sir That it must be a case scenario where we hold like Rabiosi, that we're talking about a delegation not being allowed. If we would have thought that Rav Yossi would have been loaded to a case of Imru of delegation, then the following awful thing could have happened. What is that awful thing? The Gemara says, the Zimna to Amar a man can say to two people, You can have a sofer say to, uh, you can have a man say to the sofer, please go right, and then to Ruven and Shimon, you guys be the signatories. The Mishim Kisif of the sofer, and because they're uncomfortable having the sofer not sign, apparently it was the standard that a sofer should sign. Faishi, they're concerned about him, and then they let him sign. That's not what uh, what happened. So you can't say that all of this works according to Rabbi Osi. I mean, the, the, the word that is the distinguishing factor here is Imru, because he doesn't like Imru at all. So therefore, the Gemara says, actually, let's go back to answer number one, which is less complicated than the other version. And that is that the Reishas of Meir and the Sefer Zerbiosi, the Reishas of Meir, and we seem to hold in the beginning of our mission that we allow for a delegation model of the get and the Sefer Zerbiosi, where it seems that we don't. And the last answer for the day, and this will bring us to the Mishnah, is Ravashi Amar Kula Rabiosi. Really, Ravashi gives another version of the previous answer. And he says, I really can make it work out that it would even be Rabiosi, and I have a Bryce to support me. Says the Gemara, our Mishnah is really a Velomi Boyakamar. Not only this, but that. Again, it's a template. It's a structure of uh, of text. How would it look? Velomi Boyakamar. I don't need you to tell me about a case where he doesn't say Tnu, that that doesn't count. Even if you say Tnu, the get won't be kosher. And Velomi Boyakamar. I don't know you need you to tell me when there aren't three people. Although it still wouldn't work even if you said it to three people. Velomi Boyakamar. I don't need you to tell me where you don't say the delegation model. Because Rabiosi is Rabiosi. He doesn't agree to the delegation model. And Tanya Kavasi, the Ravashi, Ravashi agrees. Ravashi found a Bryce, and it says that if the Sofer wrote Lishma, they ate him sign Lishma. Even if they wrote it and they signed it and they gave it to the husband and the husband gave it to the wife. Until he tells the sofa, I need you to write non-delegation, specific command, classic Rabiosi. And you guys need to actually, um, you guys need to actually be the ones to sign. This is clearly like Rabiosi, and we've explained the whole mission of them. The Gemara just picks up on two words. Yishmu, we need to hear hear him. This word of Yishmu is actually Lafuke Miman de Omar. Uh, this precludes us from the possibility that Rabiosi would ever whatever admit to order. We see from this price that he doesn't, and he certainly doesn't throughout. That was the whole case of the Nafak Minichurva that we just saw. The Rabiotzi doesn't agree to delegation. And uh, lastly is Kolo. Uh, yeah. Kolo, the last line before the Mishnah is Lafukimid Rav Kahana Omar This Bryce rejects Rav Kahana Omar It's kind of come full circle and undone what we started because at the top of Dav Ayin Alf the Mimra and the name of Rav Kahana Omar was that a Cheresh can sign. And here it seems to be that it has to be Kolo, it has to be his voice and not his pen. 
And therefore, from the conclusion of the Gemara, it seems that we reject Rav Kahana. And that really the thing is that if a husband is a cheresh, that writing down the get is insufficient. So machlok has tanayim, but that's what the Gemara concludes. Wishing you all a very meaningful fast and a beautiful day.